Welcome to Triple Threat, the podcast with Jamel President, where it's good news and good vibes all the time, baby. When we left Portugal to come play with you and your system, Jamel, it was the best thing for Shane because you, you, you pushed him to do other things outside his box. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month. Hey, what's up, guys? Coming up next, we got Jermaine Ukebu, uh, which is assistant coach at the College of Charleston. Um, in, our, in our interview, we talked a lot about loyalty, about young kids starting out with a program in middle school and then potentially changing when they think the grass is green on the other side. Um, Jermaine made, a, made some good points about loyalty and then how that loyalty has allowed him to be successful in the college rank of collegiate coaching. Let's get into the interview. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, good. It's been a little hectic with transfer portal world and <laughs> everything. So it's been it's been uh been good but fun, man. So um yeah, man. How's how's everything been with you? It's good, man. I can't ain't got no complaints at all, man. I appreciate yeah. you uh, taking your time and coming on. I know I know you're busy, so I won't take up too much of your time, you know. Nah, you're good, man. You're good. For sure. Well, um, first, before we get started, how do you how do you pronounce your last name? Just so I can hear you say it. So I can yeah. You cable. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. You cable. <laughs> I like that. You cable. Yeah, it's Nigerian. My dad's Nigerian. My mom's from Sierra Leone. So uh, so yeah, man. So everybody always, every time I say it, everyone's always like, oh. Oh, yeah. oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love it. So um, so yeah, man. So um again, thanks for coming on. Um yeah. what we do with our guests, man, our whole whole thing of the podcast is that we that we try to talk to former student athletes, coaches, yeah. players, just yeah. to get the gist of um the audience up and coming, what to expect, how the transition was, you know, things they yeah. learned from your story and whatnot, especially being a, a collegiate coach, your journey. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll get into all that. So, right quick, man, sure. take us take us back to you know where you're from, your, your native. Talk about your city, country, or whatever, and then talk about the, the the parks and um and 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 the youth development coming up as you started to, uh, you know, start to like this sport. Yeah, man. Um, so I'm from Maryland, from the DMV. Um, really known for hoops. Really known for, um, just just. Athletics in general, we have a bunch of football players. Lacrosse is big, uh, baseball, um, but yeah, it's it was it was it was definitely something that uh, that became I became consumed with at a young age in about middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to a point where I realized um, that if I really wanted to be good, um, I had to put down the video games and I had to make some sacrifices. Um, and, and that started because I heard we were at nationals 
and we had a, a pretty good point guard named Alani Moore. Mm-hmm. And Alani um, was really good, but he was he was younger. He played up. And so um, so one of the things his dad said after we had lost and like the elite eight or something like that was um, was just how determined Alani was. And I was like, Alani younger than me, you know, and I was like, yeah. I was like, I can't I can't keep doing this. <laughs> Right. Um, you know, and so from that, from from then on, spring break came and I got up every morning at 6 a.m. Mm. Um, I walked to the recreation center mm. um, uh, about 30 minutes um, and I started there. And and the funny thing was there was a bunch of brothers that were just like me who had a dream, who sure. were young and wanted to chase it. Sure. And so um, and so I clung on to those guys. For sure. Um, and that was my circle was young dudes young brothers just trying to get it whatever possible way that looked like um and so that's kind of like how that looked again i had i had i was i was blessed to have brothers around me who who wanted the same thing i wanted um, and um wanted to do the same journey um let's play college basketball let's play pro let's play at the highest level possible so right and you made a good point about you know you said it being in in, at that early age wanting to play college basketball you know Mm -hmm. what 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 triggered that 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 interest per se? Because hey, you you're a young kid, you know. Was it something that you know? Was it players you see on TV or players around you? Because again, you come from that that area, you got a lot of pioneers that played at high level. Yeah. You see every day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, what were some of those triggers that allow you to be comfortable with even thinking like that? Yeah. So good question, man. I started to watch high school basketball a lot. I was huge into hoop mixtape. Ball's Life, uh, mm-hmm. City League Hoops. I used to watch a bunch of those guys. And this was when I was in middle school. And then as these guys started to, and I didn't, in middle school, like, I didn't, I just wanted to hoop. Like, I just wanted to be really good. But, like, when I got to high school in, like, ninth grade and, and I'm watching these dudes, the guys that I was watching went to college. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. like, I want to follow them mm-hmm. and, like, see where they're going. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, like, this could be a thing for me. Like, sure. like if I keep working, mm-hmm. like if I just keep putting my head down and grinding and, and I didn't have anybody in my family, like I didn't have anybody really close to me that played college basketball. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what I was going off of was like these brothers that I had, um, that I've been watching for so long. For sure. Um, and so that's kind of, that's how that ca- kind of came about. Um, I started watching college basketball around like my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I and then it was funny, like I, I, I kind of like conditioned myself to stop being a fan, and I was like, I'm gonna play these dudes mm. one day, <laughs> you know, mm. like, and um, and I started to be like, man, like I'm gonna play these dudes one day, and um, and that's when it started to become like, like I was like, more than just uh, trying to be good. I'm, tr- yeah, trying to get to college, and I'm trying to like play the best of the best, and I can compete with the best of the best, and um, and yeah, and so that actually happened. My my. My senior year, I played at and in, in AAU, but in my senior year, I played at Montrose Christian, and we played the best of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and due to in the league now, and um, and things like that. So, um, so, so yeah, that was that was kind of how that came about. Before we get into um, the you know the the AAU situation, I want to take the audience back a little bit. You know, your ninth and tenth grade year. You know, what yeah. were some of your your, your challenges? as a player, cause I know you, you know, if, if some, you might've done done it, but a lot of players don't come in as a freshman and play right away. They usually got a way. Yeah. They got seniors or juniors in front of them. Someone that's bigger, mm-hmm. stronger, faster. 
what were your situation and and what allowed you to 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 keep that work ethic? Because they yeah, you say as a as a middle schooler, there's an interest, there's a love, but yeah. it also gotta be a passion. Yeah, come with the work ethic. Take mm-hmm. us back into the ninth and tenth grade years in high school, um, where you know those some challenging times, or where they uh, frame that for me. Yeah, yeah. So my ninth and tenth grade, um, I was playing JV. Okay. Um, and again, I had taken it serious, but uh, it was JV, and and so my thing was again was just like the only thing that I knew that was going to get me one to even varsity but two just like just be good is work for sure like i had no mm. other, i had nothing there was nothing else there was no like magic pixie dust mm. that was going to allow me to like get me to that level so like ninth and tenth grade year consisted again it was like it was i realized that like i had to be i had to sacrifice something i had to sacrifice sure. to going out i had to sacrifice did i not do that did i not have fun did i not enjoy with my team <laughs> yes for sure. but i also i also realized that in those times that like, if I wanted to get to varsity, if I wanted to be where these dudes were at, I had to work. And so ninth and 10th grade was really, again, me being, you know, a kid, you know, still being a kid, but also realizing um, that this, that if I'm going to do this, I have to do it every day. And and again, I had brother, I had coaches. I did have coaches who coach college basketball players who were in high school, who were were able to like relay this to me. Um, and so that's what kind of like what my ninth and 10th grade looked like was just like work, like sure. just watching videos, just watching hoop mixtapes, just doing this, just doing that. And, and, and I'm grateful for it because like, those are the same habits that like I have now, like the love that mm-hmm. I can just, I can just watch hoop now. And just like, I just love watching hoop, sure. <laughs> like, you know? Sure. Um, <laughs> so, so that's, that's kind of how that happened ninth and 10th grade year. And, um, and again, it was just, it was just consuming basketball as much as I could, um, watching the best of the best and, um, and then going from there. When did you break the varsity, uh, threshold? What, what happened? Yeah. So, that? Yeah. So that was 11th grade or 10th grade. I got bumped up, but like we had a really good varsity team. So like when I got bumped up 10th grade at the end of the year, like I didn't see much playing time. For sure. Um, so, and so I hadn't really peaked at all yet. I hadn't really like, I was athletic, but like I hadn't even had my first, in-game dunk yet wow. <laughs> so right. so when 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 uh when summer league came that like that that summer of going into my my varsity year that's when things started to take off my body um my game started to catch up like my body started to catch up with like all the things that mm. I was really good at um so um so yeah so that kind of so that's how varsity came about and then from there um I never looked back um, I just kept the same work ethic. Um, I played a huge role on a on a pr- on a really good team. We had four sure. Division One players on that team. Sure. Um, as a junior, they were all seniors. Um, but like I was a six man, I came off the bench and I played starter minutes. For sure. Um, and so um, and so yeah, that that's kind of that was that was that. And what 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 the players and the audience need to understand what he just said. Talk about 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 being patient, right? Yeah. The work yeah. ethic was consistent. But with doing your work ethic, your body changed and caught up mm-hmm. with your work ethic, caught mm-hmm. up your motor yeah. skills, those gross motor skills, everything starting to, to develop. And that can mm-hmm. be, a, and that's, and, that, and players understand that's going to be the difference in your, your development. And sometimes yeah. your body just haven't really caught up with things you want to yeah. do yet. You know, yeah. so that was, yeah. that was, a, that was a good point you made. 
So going into your senior year, um, like you said, you always had that 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 love and passion of getting to college. Yeah. What happened your senior year that caused those things to start happening? Would you start getting letters? Do you start mm-hmm. going to camps? Um, yeah. Tell the audience about about that. You know, senior year when things really starting to come into fruition. Yeah. Yeah. So that junior year summer, I realized that I had an opportunity. Um, I played for a small AAU team, but as I started to get better, I started to get recruited by not recruited as in like by other AAU teams. For sure. And so that one was like, oh, wow. Like, okay. Like, you know, like team takeover wants me. Mm. Um, and so I'm just like, oh, like, you know, like other high schools want me. And so what I really had to do was one, just stay faithful to who poured into me. Sure. Um, I know a lot of times right now it's like, everyone wants to go to the bed and which I did, like I did go to a powerhouse um, high school, sure. but I stayed faithful to my AAU program. Right. And I realized I had an opportunity and I had to take advantage of it. And it was business. Sure. <laughs> like, sure. I was like, this is my life. Like this is business. And right. like, I took it as that. And so my junior year summer, um, I just, I, my mentality was to kill everybody. Like that's mm-hmm. all out. That's all. I was just like, that was the mentality that I had to have. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm going to make this, if I'm going to make this a, a reality. Mm-hmm. And so going into my senior year, um, that was it. And then I ended up transferring from my public school to Montrose Christian one to play the best competition that I could p- play to get me ready for college basketball. For sure. um, and, and so, and that happened. And, and I wouldn't have traded that for the world, but I think the, the big, the, the best thing that I understood was to stay loyal to the brother, to the people who had like poured into me. Um, and you hit and on that, that's what I did. You hit on that twice. And that I was going to say, I, I was going to say something about it before, but I have to say something about it, about being loyal to who poured into you and players yeah. don't understand they'll start from a, a group or a team in seventh grade mm-hmm. and go all the mm-hmm. way up to 10th grade with that group. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, and, and, and yeah, sometimes the grass is not always green on the other side. And I yeah. tell players all the time, if you're stay loyal to your club, because now you, you don't have to fight for playing time. The coach yeah. know you, you understand mm-hmm. the system, right? Yeah. If you yeah. go into another situation where you're new, you have to fight for playing time. You, I mean, the, yeah. coach don't, the players don't know you. It's a whole different situation you know, when it happens, but if you stay loyal to your club, then just put the responsibility on that club owner or coach to get you seen. You can't do it yes. individually. Yeah. Right? And that's, yeah, that's nope. my point that that's, that's, that's very um, important that players understand about being loyal. In our timeout session today, we got Reverend Dallas H. Wilson. In your transition from New York to South Carolina, what was that embryo vision, and, and how did that how did that occur? Did it happen when you got here in, in, in South Carolina, or what happened prior to you leaving New York? No, what happened to me prior to leaving New York? Um, a vision is really interesting. Again, biblically, let me share with that first, understanding where I'm coming from. Uh, Habakkuk two talks about the vision, and you have to write the vision plainly so that people the vision and run with the vision. It's not just you having a vision and being able to articulate it verbally and the vision dies in the air, but it's being able to write the vision down where people can look at it for eons, decades to come in the future and be able to replicate those same things. 
Uh, I want to be able to say, in all honesty, I wish that it was an original idea uh, of me writing the vision for Midnight Basketball, writing the vision for our leadership camp, some of the other things that we did when no one else in this town was doing anything like that. Now let's get back to the interview. Yeah, and, and to that, like, to that, that's what they did. Their goal was to make sure that Jermaine Ukebu won because my the coach that I was with hadn't had a Division One player that had one to sure. the school sure. yeah, because he had us from sixth, seventh grade, sure. <laughs> you know. For sure. And so, um, and so when he put me in that position, that put other people in the same position as exactly. well to take exactly. advantage of the opportunity. Again, I wasn't I wasn't a top twenty five player in the country, but like schools came to see me, For sure. <laughs> you know, and like, and like wanted, uh, and wanted to be, wanted to recruit me and things like that. Um, so, so that's, no, that's, I think that was a huge thing that's helping me now is, is to stay loyal to the, to those who, who rock with you. That's, that's, that's so important, big guy. Yeah. Um, so your senior year, you're getting looks and getting recruited, you know, mm-hmm. where did you go to college and why? And I asked that question because a lot of, you know, my guests, which are, you know, former student athletes or whatnot, make choices on comfortability on why yeah. I know this kid that was at this school. I know this coach or I, um, mm-hmm. I, my family live in the area, wasn't too far away yeah. from home. But mm-hmm. most don't make decisions based on playing styles, the mm-hmm. coaching, coaching styles. Yeah. Yep. You know, what were what were your uh, some of the uh, the reasons why you chose the college and what college did you you attend and who were recruiting you in those times as well? Yeah. So at the time, um, at the time I had committed. So my senior year, I committed to Sacred Heart in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one, I, I loved Sacred Heart. Um, the coaching staff is amazing. Uh, those dudes are really good. I think I made one of the things that I made a decision off of. I got I, I had an ankle injury my senior year and and I didn't know if I was going to going into, I didn't know if I was going to play like the mm. whole year. Mm. And so I ended up, I ended up really just committing because, because I was just like, look, like, I don't know. And the, the, the coaches that were, um, that were behind me were just like, I just didn't know if I was going to play. And so I had two or three offers at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, look, like, it's probably best if I just lock it in, um, and they had came to see me. They came to my house. Um, they poured into me and things like that. And so I went on a visit. And so I saw everything, you know, sure. and, and everything. And, and so I liked what I saw. And so that's what happened. So I, commi- I ended up committing there. And once I committed there, um, or sorry, before I committed there, um, I realized that, man, like, I think I, I just kind of like did it out of fear. And that's <laughs> that that summer or that not summer, that that fall um, and that next come that year that winter sorry I ended up playing really well and um, I was already locked in I wasn't I wasn't worried I was actually like I was actually felt amazing because I was locked in already I didn't have to sure. worry about playing for anything anymore playing for recruiting and this and that and so I actually had a really good year and I had a, and I had already been locked in but I had a bunch of other schools reach out mm-hmm. um, and so um, but I wasn't I, I wasn't like hesitant about my decision because I had made it for sure. And once I was locked in, I was good. So I think, I think, I think a big thing that I would share with somebody who's in that position where 
there's fear or whatever it is, whether they're, they don't think they'll get what, what they want. I think it's just to continue to stay patient. Like mm-hmm. it's just to continue to realize that like, if you keep putting your head down, day by day doing the work, like it's going to come. Like, and if you have people behind you who been there and know how to, and have wise counsel, um, you'll be able to know like what decisions to make. I think we listen to a lot of people mm-hmm. um, and that deters our decision. Um, but I think the two people that I was listening to had my best interest For sure. and they shared with me something that I thought was real, was, was real, was like, I don't know if I'm going to play this upcoming year. Mm. So like, I probably should, I probably should just be smart and like be wise and like just lock it in just, just in case, because it is a business. Someone could have taken it and I would have been, you know, I'd have been, okay, like that, I don't know now what's next. For sure. So, um, so yeah, I think just being patient and having wise counsel and brothers around you and older people, older folk who care for you and love you to be able to steer you in the direction that that's best for you and your family. For sure. Um, so. So talk about, you know, your years at, at Sacred Heart. Um, what mm-hmm. things you learned from your coaches and players? Um, was it a was it a huge transition from Mm-hmm. high school to college you know the game is yeah. sped up you got you know faster bigger stronger players from all over the country different you know states different colleges what were mm-hmm. some things you learned from that transition and um, yeah and how were they beneficial to you yeah I was that was a a real eye-opener um year for me um so I got in I'm um, as a freshman um still a worker still workaholic that's all I knew um, and I ended up um, getting an opportunity to start and I did. Um, and that was, that was, that was really huge. Um, and I realized like <laughs> the pace of college basketball to high school basketball was so different Yes, sir. and it was something that I had to get adjusted to. Um, and, um, so to go back, like I ended up starting and I was a freshman. I didn't, I didn't really produce like that. It was, I was tr- still trying to figure it out. I was still right. raw. Um, but a part of me got a little comfortable mm. in my freshman year when I started as a freshman, you know, I got a little hot, you know, I got a little hot headed. I won the sure. dumb content, you know, it was just like all these little things that were kind of getting to my head. Like, and I got comfortable and I forgot like who I was and like, mm. and like how I started, like this hoop thing was just, was work was co- just continuously, um, just grinding and things like that. And I stopped that mm. and with that, I stopped playing. <laughs> and so, and so, and so when, when that happened, I was like, it was one of those things where I was like, what was me? Like, you know, like, oh, like, but I had to realize if, if I don't continue to every single day, bring it in practice, I will not play mm. in college. Mm. And that was the thing that I learned was practice was one of the most important things for me. Now I valued it. Mm. um and so and so when I remember when I was doing well in practice like the times my name was getting called throughout the later throughout the season as like opportunities came um like I took advantage of it for sure. and I made sure to go in there and play as hard as I could and empty the tank and that's all that was it for sure. that was it I just said I'm just gonna empty the tank and like whatever happens happens and every single time I won the game I thought I made an impact in the game um and so I think one of the things that I learned really big was one about who I was, like, and how, like, I can get, how, like, there's certain things that can, 
it can make me comfortable mm -hmm. if I allow it to. Sure. Um, and then another thing I learned was just how I learned the pace. And then another thing I learned was, was how important practice was, how mm -hmm. valuable it was. And like, there's more practices than the game. Right. <laughs> and so right. I'm constantly being evaluated, constantly being evaluated. So, and I didn't know that. And uh, I'm glad I learned that at a young, I'm glad I learned that at a young age, at a young time in my freshman career, rather than doing well, doing sure. all well and then getting comfortable and then coasting for the rest of my career. Um, but I learned it quick and I was like, okay, this can't happen again. For sure. Uh, so, yeah. Was that, was that my, my seg, my question, um, my next question was, was that a pivotal, you know, time in, in your life as your freshman year where you actually turn it around? Cause you know, as, as college kids, sometimes the light don't come on to your junior year. Yeah. The light yeah. never comes on. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah. was that your pivotal pivot time of year when you really had to really like uh like lock down and make things happen and, and get serious mm -hmm. about life? Yeah, yeah. That was the thing. That was the that was the thing that I even learned till now is like to just stay ready. Like again, because my role changed. Like I wasn't a starter. Like mm -hmm. I was just young now after like starting three or four games and, and then playing 15, 15 minutes, 20 minutes here and there, and then going from like then the break happens and then like sure. I stopped playing as much. <laughs> right. And then I was like, man, like I have now it's like my roles changed. Now I have to just stay ready for whenever my name is called. And, and I truly to the best of my ability, I think I did that. I was reading the scout reports. I was making sure that I was in film. I was making sure that I was asking questions about film and this and that. Um, and that's why till today I can say that like in that second half of the season, like I stayed ready and sure. and as I stayed ready, I remembered like and what that I took that from there and was like, this has to be my mentality just to continue to stay ready that you never know when your name is called. You never know late game, whatever it is. Um, and so I didn't my so I wasn't fortunate enough to oh, like I played 30 minutes as a freshman sure. every game, this and that. No, I I kind of was at the bottom, For sure. <laughs> you know, and I had to work sure. my way back up. Um, and, um, but again, that taught me a valuable lesson that was to just stay ready, um, for whatever the case may be. And that's, and that's what, that's what life is. That's what life's, you know, yeah. life brings it to you and it, and it causes you to have that type of, of, of go get it fight attitude. Um, what was, yeah. what were some of the things that your, your, your college coach or coaches that you learned from that experience? One was one takeaway that you can say, I learned this from my coaching staff from being a, a collegiate student athlete. Yeah. Um, I think one takeaway would be that, <clears throat> that I, that if I wanted to make, if I wanted to use basketball to the best of its abilities, if I wanted to be successful in this, if I wanted to be um, a good teammate, a good leader, whatever it was, like this had to be something that I, was willing and I, and I said the, the word sacrifice sacrifice a lot for, for sure. like it's so easy especially as a young kid to see the parties to see the this to see the that and be like and I'm not saying that it's a bad thing right right but I was like <clears throat> if I don't realize that like I have to sacrifice some of these things to be the best Jermaine possible and that's on the floor that's off the floor then I won't then I won't then this won't be for me. 
right this right. won't be this won't be a longevity thing and i think that's the biggest thing that mm-hmm. i learned was like man like if i'm gonna be if i'm gonna be really good if anyone's if, if i'm going to be really good i have to this has to be business like for me for sure and it was and it became business like and and every single time i stepped on the floor it was look like I don't care. Like we're friends. You my brother. <laughs> Yo, my boy. What's up? Like that's my brother. Like I love him. Like that's my brother. Like, kill you, like I love him. <laughs> but but like when we get on the floor, like right. we're competitors. Like right. you know. And mm-hmm. after that, we'll chop it up. I'll laugh. We'll, we'll 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 go kick it at the cafeteria. Like, but that was the mentality that I had, and I think, um, and that was what I learned was that was that if I truly want to be successful, I think. Now I see it like in anything, but like in that time, it was this, it was like this specific thing that like, I have to carry myself business, like, and like a pro, like Mm. that was the thing was like, if I want to be, if I want to be a pro, I have to carry myself, which again, which is crazy because which I was, I didn't become a pro, but I learned so many value, valuable lessons as in like thinking like a pro, what does that look like taking care of your body? What does that look like? I was like the jug of water that dudes had around. I was like, I'm going to just carry this and I'm going to drink a gallon a day. Sure, for sure. Um, extra work. The most important message to get across to student athletes suffering from mental health issues is that you're not alone. Many student athletes deal with depression, anxiety, eating disorders, and other mental health struggles. If this is the case, speak to someone like a counselor, a parent, a trusted adult, or your fellow teammate. Adults who are supporting a student athlete should be aware of the signs. A student athlete who is experiencing mental health difficulties might have constant fatigue, loss of appetite, mood swings, apathy, or even declining grades and or social isolation. A student athlete's mental health can be severely affected by an injury. An athlete's entire life becomes about their sport. And when they lose the ability to play, it can take a huge toll mentally. As we continue to reduce the stigma around mental health, hopefully more middle and high school level student athletes will feel confident discussing their health, whether it be mental or physical. The Triple Threat Podcast will be adding a psychology aspect in season two. We will be doing our part to help destigmatize mental health when it comes to student athletes. So subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform so you never miss an episode. Now let's get back to the interview. And let me help you out with that. You, yeah, I didn't make it to the NBA either as a professional basketball player, but mm-hmm. through sports, I became, I became a professional person. I yeah. became a pro at what I do. I became a pro yeah. at how to communicate. I became yeah. a pro at how to run a business. I mm-hmm. became a pro at how to deal with different um relationships right so yeah, those yeah those teammates relationships those coaching understanding direction 
being on time. So you know, yes. I to just insert that with you. Yeah, we didn't become a professional basketball player, but we become a pro at what we do in our day to day lives, the work ethic, yeah. things like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. So <clears throat> that's segue into my other my other topic was, you know, your your afterlife of of college. Um, mm-hmm. Did you play uh, any ball, any basketball? You know, after college, and if you didn't, mm-hmm. why? And how did this? You know, because right now you're assistant coach at the College of Charleston, my alma mater. Yeah. Talk yeah. about the transition from um, your senior year in college to, let's say now. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was a whirlwind because um, <clears throat> I got to my senior year and I want my body was my body was done. I was I was on I was on restrictions because my knees were bad. I hadn't been getting PRP injection. A bunch of things that happened that year ended up playing and. Um, having still a good senior year, but I realized I was like, okay, like my body, I don't know if I can sustain another season. Wow. And so that started to dim and I started to realize like, oh, like this is, this is it. Every single thing that I put in from sixth grade, mm-hmm. like this, is, this mm-hmm. might be it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny because as a, as a, as a college hooper, um, you've been so, I was served the whole, like my whole four Mm. years, like Mm. I was constantly being served. And, and so, and so I got into coach Kelsey um, um, here who, 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 who hired me on um, offered me the grad assistant position at Winthrop. And I took that. And when I took it, I remember, I remember vividly, I'll never forget this. I remember vividly realizing uh, when I took the position, I got there, um, the first practice, <laughs> and this is like two months, three months after me not being a hooper, I'm under the basket and I'm rebounding. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like, and I was like, and it messed with my ego. <laughs> like, it messed with my ego a lot. Sure. <laughs> I was like, and this is, and this is, I think this is just, a different um, side of that I've learned was like, I just, it just messed with my ego. I was like, huh? Right. Right. And I had to, and I got checked and I was like, man, like, wow. How, for how long have I been, have I been served? And now it's Mm. all like, it's off to serve people. Mm. Like it's weird. It's a little Mm. funky. I'm like, ah. Mm. And so as time continues to start going on, I said, man, like, like this is the nature of a Mm. coach but I have to be constantly serving people mm. in whatever capacity that looks like. And I did that. <laughs> I did that. My, my two years as a grad assistant um, was really me just serving the brothers that some of them I played with, For sure. <laughs> like, just like, <laughs> like, like right. serving them. Right. And, right. Uh, and that was something that I learned that that was something as a GA that I learned was whatever that looks like, serve, serve. That should be your MO is to be a servant. Um, And so that's, that's what happened. Jermaine, talk to the, to the, cause you got a lot of Jermaine's out there. That's a senior right now that bodies Uh are damaged, bodies are hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't probably think about playing at the next level, but interested going into coaching. What are some things that you had to do as far as making some calls, filling an application, having the resources? Mm-hmm. Talk to that that community 
about um, the steps on getting in your foot in the door, right? Yeah. And then, yeah. And then talk about the expectations that's expected from you from the coach. Because, yeah, we all, you know, assistant coaches, GAs, what have you. But sometimes a coach, we're not perfect. So we might not make the right mm -hmm. decision all the time, right? But mm -hmm. you can't show us out in the heat of the moment. Yeah. I'll do because but at the same time, we as coaches want you to be, hey, after the after practice or after game, hey coach, in third quarter, we was down two. I think you should have mm. done this. That's yeah. We, we, so how do you talk about the transition of up, obtaining a, a position as a collegiate coach and then mm -hmm. expectations, you know, that a coach expects from you and have to be productive on that staff? Yeah. 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 So my role, I, we have to go with roles because, <clears throat> because I had to figure out what is my role. Like, what are the things that Coach Kelsey is calling me to do that he needs me to do for us to be elite? Um, and that was to be a that was to be the middleman between the players and the coaches, mm. right? One because I played, mm. and two because now I'm on the coaching staff and. I'm on, I'm on a different side. I'm not on the player sure. side, but I've, sure. I've been there before. Sure. I've been there with the brothers in the heat of it, not liking coaches, sure. not wanting to, you know, everything. And For so sure. I'm able to, I was able to empathize with them a lot. Mm. And so that's kind of, that's kind of what happened. So now with these players, like, how do I make sure that there's this distinction now, right? Between player and coach, I'm still young. Mm. Right. So that like, how do you, how do you make sure that there's a respect level there mm. between me and the players. Um, and, and so I think the biggest thing was just creating boundaries for myself for them with them, sure, like sure. when it comes to disrespect, mm. <laughs> like, and understanding that, like, that's something that like, that we all in the heat of a moment, like say things and do things that are like, that are kind of like disrespectful and like for being sure. able to like learn how to like nip it in the bud quick mm -hmm. so that they know like, look, like I'm your brother and we can talk. For sure. Like, we can share, sure. you can, you can relinquish whatever it is. But, but one of the things that we're not going to do is, is disrespect a coach. Like right. that's just not, that's just off limits. Right. And I think that's one of the things that coach Kelsey's done an amazing job was instilling that culture mm. with our players and our guys was like, is the respect level that we all are going to have towards each other For sure. that when something goes on in practice and a player wants to speak, guess everybody be quiet, right. let him talk. He's the coach right. for that moment. And so, and so that's, I think the, the overall autonomy that the players get and that we, that we, all, that we give them mm. to be able to one speak and two also understand that they're going to be held to a high standard mm. and that they have, that we're going to hold them to a high standard and to be men, to For be sure. men of value, to be men that, that want to win. For right. Sure. And then, but I think, and then the part with PK just, or coach Kelsey, just with me, um, just expectations is really, not, I've been around him for a while now. Um, and so since I've been around him now, like he's, he tell, he says exactly what is supposed to get done and what is supposed to be done. Mm. And so when I don't, if, if I don't do it again, like you said, like there's no perfection in any of us. Like for sure. when I don't do it, like it's one of those things where, he checks, someone has to check me or sure. what, what, whatever, whatever it is. Like, sure. and so again, it's like, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still young, but that's not an excuse for me, like at right. all. Like, but I think, um, 
one of the things that I have to do is realize, like, again, like, how can I, the same attitude that I've had, how can I serve best in my role and outside of my role? We call it, he calls it, um, one, he calls it being a six through 10 guy. Mm. And six through 10, one through five mm. is like your, is your, is your normal responsibility. Mm. And the six through 10 is the other things that are not in your responsibility. Sure. So what are those, sure. one, the, what are those six through 10 things that you can be doing to be able to better our program? Sure. And I think he's been, I think he's been amazing with that. That allows me to think outside the box of what I do on a daily and how can I bring something new and innovative to our program with my role and things that I can do. Um, so I think, I think again, one, going back to one, like realizing that like there's a standard and there's, there's a, there's an, there's a standard, there's an autonomy. And there's also, there also has to be respect that like that we have all three. And I think all three of those work together because yeah. One, there's a space for these dudes to speak mm-hmm. and for these dudes to actually be heard and listened to. Because if not, you don't, they don't give you respect. For sure. For sure. <laughs> right? If, if, you, if you don't listen, if they don't, if you don't listen to them, if you don't hear them out or whatever it is, they don't, they don't, there's no respect at all. For sure. So I think that was, I think that was something huge that I learned as being the middleman for both the players and the coaches. Huge. Um, so and but but talk about the transition. Because, you know, players want to know, well, how, how do I become a, a GA at a school? What do I have to yeah. do? Do you have to fill an application, interview? Just uh, yeah, take us, yeah, take yeah. Us, take us back to how you first got that GA position. Um, yeah. Did you, saw, did you see an opportunity, you know, in, in, yeah. on, the, on, the, on the website and you applied? Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. So, so, so funny story. So if I didn't say I, I started at Sacred Heart. I transferred to junior college and after I went to Indian junior college called Indian Hills after Indian Hills, I went back to division one and got to Winthrop. And so I played, I went there for gotcha. two years under PK. Gotcha. And then, and then after those two years, PK was like, look, <clears throat> I have this spot for you. And I was, I was searching. I was, and that was what I was doing. I was sending out gotcha. emails. I didn't know if there was a, a gratitude position open because it was filled for at sure. the time. So I'm sending out emails and, and this and that to other coaches. I'm calling the coaches that have coached me and trying to figure out if they have any positions, if sending, making my resume and, and all these things and getting connected with um, JUCO guys because sure. I love the JUCO scene. Um, so, yeah, but then Coach Kelsey offered me a position. And funny story, uh, funny story, I wasn't the best student. <laughs> like, I did the best student as in, like, like I did my work. But sure. all of it wasn't – it wasn't the – like I wasn't the smartest for sure. kid. <laughs> for sure. So the fear when he offered me that position, like I had to, I had to go get it. Like I had to get into grad school. Mm. In today's time, my message, we got JP Pearson. I remember seeing you in high school and you made that jump. Got over to uh, Coach Cress at the College Charleston and you were really, really good. And I know the things that you had to go through. The things that that system teaches you is detail. Yes, sir. And if you're not ready to accept that kind of detail, your process of learning or being on that floor for a long time is going to take a longer time. Yes, sir. Um, You know, I went from a system of schemes where there may have been four, five different sets and set plays. And then with Coach Chris, who I have to say is 
the best teacher of this game that I've ever had. This man had, uh, this man, I mean, if you counted them all, it, it might have been anywhere from 15 to 20 man to man plays and, and, and maybe 15 zone plays. For sure. And they don't necessarily look the same. And his expectation level of detail and execution was super high. Yes, sir. And if you didn't adjust to that, it would take you a long time in that system. Now let's get back to the interview. So I'm looking at my grades. I'm like, ah, uh, I'm like, I'm like, ah, uh, I don't know if this is gonna be a thing. Like, I don't know if this is gonna be reality for me. And I have to take the, I have to take the GRE and this and that. I'm like, man. And so, um, what I ended up doing, man, was um, a lot of prayer went into, a lot of prayer sure. went into that and allowing God to order each step mm. that I had to take to be able to get into grad school because there was no way I didn't, I didn't really have any hope, but um, it's just like a little testimony time. Like, there, like I had to trust that like he was going to lead me down exactly where he wanted me. For sure. And so I did that. And, um, and so he offered me the position and, and that was the thing was like, I stayed tight with the people who rock with me. Exactly. Like loyalty. And that was the thing was like the loyalty part like was like they knew that I was loyal to them and they wanted to be loyal to me mm -hmm. by giving me offering me this opportunity and I learned that in high school mm -hmm. <laughs> you know I learned that like in high school like being loyal to the people who was loyal to you sure. and and it paid itself back when like when I was looking for a job and the, the people that I was loyal to were loyal to me that's awesome um and, uh, and I got the opportunity and I was fortunate for that not a lot of brothers can say that you're absolutely they, right that, that, that they they can be in that position in that situation but it comes um, it comes it comes with the character it comes the way you carry yourself people are into the audience people are always watching you yeah know what i'm saying and, and yeah good just touch back when you you're making good grades you know i didn't make the best grades only because i didn't i couldn't apply i didn't apply myself it wasn't because i could not yeah. make it just because it was just yeah. so much different distraction and that wasn't yeah. the importance of the time yeah. but when it's time for me to lock it down I lock it down and I you yeah. think I'll make straight A's the way I carry yeah. myself. So, yeah. and, that, and that, that's the same for you. Um, so yeah, the loyalty is huge um, into, into, into progressing and also having that support system, people that recognize. So, you know, big ups for carrying yourself the way you was carrying yourself for hard work through sixth grade. Yeah, um, yeah, appreciate that. So you, you working with um, student athletes, uh, Jermaine, um, do you think there's a change in, obviously it's always a generational change, right? But how big is the change from where, you know, 10 years ago to where you, high school, to you see the high school players now, as far as recruiting and looking at them, what's, because the work ethic is not really there. I think a lot of players at this level rely on skill and talent to get mm -hmm. them there. Um, I don't really see a really, really huge work ethic. And I may be wrong, but it just haven't crossed my path yet. What do you think? Um, the the changes are in in modern day student athletes compared to you know ten years from now. Yeah, um, I think I think there's a lot of I think social media is huge in mm. this era right now. It's 
it's what it's what's going is it have its positives yeah and it also has its negatives as well um i think i think that everything has been from and i think this just happens with high major players this happens with any division one basketball player where you are given so much, like given so much, like, oh, like you're going to be this, you're going to be that. And like you have right. so many people in your ear and you see that as a, um, you see that in high school and this, and like now what makes it worse is the social media is mm-hmm. all the hype and the this and the that. And that gives people confidence. Sure. <laughs> like sure. it does, like it gives people confidence and to relate it to the work, like, because it gives them confidence, it doesn't, will it hold them for that long? Mm. Probably not. Mm. Probably won't. Right. Um, I think again, confidence is an amazing thing. Like you can have a bunch of confidence and I've seen dudes who have confidence and don't work <laughs> and are still nice, <laughs> you know, for sure. like, but for, but for how, how long does that work? How long does that work for? Right. And you have somebody who has confidence and works, for right? Sure. Like, and it's just like, I think that right there is a huge thing. It's like, is that players, and especially in high school, and then when you get to college, you're playing against grown men now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like the physicality is different. Like, um, and to some dudes, some dudes flourish. Some dudes will flourish, right? right? Some, some some dudes can. And and I think I've I've learned that from different players was that like there's some dudes who who got it, touch, who yeah. just right, it's just natural. Right. Uh, but then there's some dudes who don't have it who work. And I think the dudes who work and and have made a way for themselves longevity wise will have more 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 success in Makes in the long whether long. that field yeah the long haul whether that field because they're learning like 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 real life stuff like <laughs> you have to carry with yourself for the rest of your life right but again I don't knock the dudes who got mad confidence and who don't work as much it's That's like. True. But again, the question is, how long does that hold you to? And if you're not working, if you're not carrying yourself like a pro, right? Like when you get to get an opportunity to be a pro, do you even know how to function like mm-hmm. one? Right, right, right. So. And, and, and yeah. that's huge what you just said. And, you know, right now in, the, in our talk in sports, this it's big, you know, mental health thing, right? And before... Yeah. We as as male athletes, you know, we're always been taught to like stick your head down, deal with it, don't worry about it, just stick it through. Yeah. But now yeah. with the social media and like I say, that helped with some of the self esteem and the confidence. But that's not there. It's a drop in the confidence and dropping yeah. the self esteem. Yeah. You're dealing with the student athletes right now. Do you see a big, you know, issue? Um, I won't say mental health, like something wrong with the players. And I think like and Danny made a good point about society taking that pendulum and switching it all the way over on one side. It's a, it's a happy yeah. medium when you're talking about mental health, because that can be injury. How do you come back from that? The stress, mental stress, death in the family, you flunking off and not being, it's like it's a bunch of different things. How do you see the plays when uh, emotion regulation is done um, with, with your student athletes? Is, is it a, is it effective or you can, do you always have to see where you got to bring students in and talk to them? Is it, What's, what's the generation like? Is it tougher? Social yeah. What, what do you think? Yeah, that's an amazing question. It's changed. It is changed. Like you said, like your generation, it was probably like, put your head down and go. Like, 
right. ain't no ain't no emotions, ain't no none of that. Like right. you know, and, and you had coaches that were like that. Right. Uh, and so um, and so now it's it's different. Now there's a sensitivity, there's mm. a high, there's a lot more of a sensitivity with these guys. Um, there's a lot more emotions involved with these dudes. So saying certain things to people can get people offended mm. or make people feel triggered in a way where they feel like where it goes back to childhood trauma. For like sure. it's a mm. it's a bunch of things now that are that are mixed. And I think again, it's like I was I was there. I was I'm not far off. I've, I've experienced mental health. For so sure. I've seen it and I still experience mental health, but I've learned like what therapy looks like, what having a mm. space to be able to share and be open and talk about it. Mm. And because it's different, because guys are different, because kids are different now, you have to have that for them. For sure. it ha- it's, it's almost, it's a need now. Mm-hmm. It is a need. It, 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 and it's just, and it's just different. And that's the, that's the nature of it. Like, we can be mad all we want. We can be like, everybody's soft, this is that, but it's the nature. For sure. And, but I think that's okay because, because now I think we're, there are m- more tools and things like that, that these brothers resources. can have. Right. Yeah. Resources. And then it gets you, it, I think what it helps the, the coaches is like, now we get a chance to go down and meet them where they're at. Mm. Like we're forced to now because these are our players. And if we truly love them, if we truly want, if we truly want what's best for them and want them to be successful and this and that, like there's a, there's a place where we're going to learn, have to learn how to meet them where they're at. For sure. And I think, again, that's the autonomy part. Like, and I say autonomy because it's, it, you, we have to give them a, we have to give them something that where they can feel like they have a voice where they can be heard and seen and all those things. And so when you, when you have that space, these guys have, these guys can now relinquish something that they've never truly learned how to relinquish. And when you can ask them questions about whatever their family life, um, their, 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 their relationship life, um, their mental health life. Mm -hmm. um, Right. And you get deep into their story. um, That is when you find that guys trust you more and that they can, they can trust to know that like you actually care about them. Right. You care about these small things, these things that are actually huge in their life mm. that somebody can come, come alongside with them and empathize with them. And even if they don't know exactly, exactly what they're going through, but that can just sit with them and talk right. with them. And I think that's what coach Kelsey has done an amazing job with is that, is that we have brothers on that staff that are able to do that. Right. And because the head coach can't always be focused on this and that, and that. Mm. so you have a staff now that can handle that. And so now when you go into practice, like we've talked about it, we've dealt mm-hmm. with it. And even mm-hmm. after practice, like we've talked about it, we've dealt with it um, so that it doesn't and it doesn't affect the guys on the court. Right. And their right. production and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And I wanted to yeah. piggyback off that. And it, it allows the coach to understand the player situation and background a whole lot better. I'll take yeah. that for instance, yeah. you know, it's something called intrinsic motivation, which is yeah. just, just something that's naturally get players to go, right? But yeah. what if you didn't grow up in an environment where that triggered that? What if you didn't grow up in an yeah. environment and say where you're out in the neighborhood, you got six or seven different alpha males, all y'all trying to get it, that energy is going to lead over to sports versus you in a situation where you don't really have that yeah. type of um, environment. 
you can't say, well, this kid's not, a, he's not good because he's not a dog. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, even with yeah. that, you got players, coaches that will say, well, we're going to go in the video room or we're going to go over this play over the board. Well, if that kid's not a visual learner, he's not yeah. going to pick it up. So yeah. I, I think it, it allows the coach, this space, this new thing allows the coaches to understand their players better and understand what moves them and what triggers them. Like you said, yeah. you had a discussion about a player at 12 o'clock and you got practice at six and this player had a, a bad situation. Let's say he had a, a relationship, he just broke up with his girlfriend. He's taking it hard. Yeah. You can't mm-hmm. get on him about, about just uh, a misassignment in practice because <laughs> it's not going to be good. Yeah. But you can yeah. bring him after practice and say, hey, look, mm-hmm. I know you missed that today. Hey, what's el- what else is going on? That's yeah. communication. But if yeah. coach doesn't know that and you get on the player, it just turns out because now it turns out, yeah. You know, express those feelings, or, yeah. you know, uh, emotionally, which is not going to be good for everybody. So I totally yeah. agree with you. He made a name for himself as a star for the College of Charleston basketball teams in the mid to late 90s. And now, Jermel President is doing what he can to make sure that the Charleston area kids have a chance to succeed on the court and in life. So I want to, you know, give some of that back to the community as well. Um, after college and after playing professionally, uh, I started the Day Foundation just to, to be that wealth of knowledge to the kids in the community and, and parents as well. College of Charleston Hall of Famer Jamel President said he saw a need for this while he was in school. So he founded the nonprofit Day Foundation. And its philosophy for success is based on what he calls his oatmeal recipe. Let's go and finish together. Basically, teaches the game of basketball. Focusing on skills, development, nutrition, and education. Not only SAT, ACT type stuff, but education for parents in how to navigate through the different levels of athletics. In closing, we do something called, uh, we created something called Oatmeal Recipe, um, uh, which is uh, skill development, nutrition, and education. And yeah. uh, Jermaine, no matter what profession from athletes, we need those three things. But any profession, you need those three things as well. Yeah. So I want to, you know, ask you about those three things and get your input on them and how they're affecting your day-to-day life. We talk about skill yeah. development and work as a sixth grader that allows you to obtain, you know, you're always being watched and consistent in your approach allows people to want to be involved and work with you. Mm-hmm. Um, education, we're talking about you as a coach, a kid should not be taking a three-point shot if it's 10 team files on the board. Mm-hmm. And nutrition, you know, eating McDonald's. I hate going to AAU programs, AAU teams, and the kids got McDonald's and sodas pregame. Mm-hmm. So talk yeah. about, you know, skill development and, and how important it is to you and how do you apply it to your everyday life? Yeah, I think that I think that's huge. I think, I think again, just like a player, um, that's why I think we can both um, relate to this is because, like, all of it translates. Um, Coach Kelsey talks about um, sports being a microcosm of life. And so for me personally, um, um, what that looks like is, is again, is like, is the same thing that I learned as a kid and that's film, that's, that's learning, that's being open to learning, that's being open to dialogue with these guys about like certain things. And I think, um, and I think when it comes, yeah, when it, when that comes to me, I think when it comes to how does it, how does, how do I how do I attain that and like give it to the players where like that's my job right and that where I can help them um it's again it's learning it's the same things learning everything that I've learned and then also everything that I've learned from other players that I've played with or 
whatever it is. And then the coaches, mm. like there's so many brilliant minds that I'm around all the time that sure. uh, that I can learn from. And so, um, so I think skill development <clears throat> is is truly just a mix of a mix of everything that I've learned everything that I've learned as a player, everything that I've learned from other coaches and from not just the coaches around me, but the coaches that, um, the other college coaches that sure. where I ask questions about whatever it is. Sure. And I think that's like, that's what like overall skill development looks like for me. Um, did I answer your question? You did, you did. Yeah. Um, how about education? Yes. And so the education part is, <clears throat> is we're big on like situational stuff. We're big on um, film and things like that. And so a lot of a lot of what we have a lot of what we have to do is put our guys in the best situation possible. And that's putting them in situations in practice, that's putting them situations in um, yeah, in practice. And that's and that's a lot of it. I think for me personally, I've had to again, it's the same thing. I, I wasn't a big like situational guy. I didn't know a lot of a lot of that stuff, especially like, you know, playing, like you just go out and do it <laughs> um, exactly. at, at, some, at some time. Sometimes some dudes just have it, but I've had to be really intentional about, again, putting myself in a position, whether that's film, whether that's on the court, whatever it is, and asking questions about like, in this position, like, do we foul? Um, do we do this? Do we right. do that? Whatever it is. And that's kind of helped me, but I think we have a bunch of acronyms that we've, we call facts, and so the facts that we that we do is is, is it's fouls, it's um, it's fouls, it's um, the A is the arrow, the C is the clock, the T is the ah, uh, no, the T, T I, I go back, I gotta go back. We we have we have these acronyms. And the, I think the S is, is, is score. Mm -hmm. So I, I forgot the T, but the S is score. And so all the, all oh, timeouts, <laughs> timeouts. That's the T is timeouts. So all those things are like, are like basically give you this, this, this outline of like, what are the things that we need to know mm -hmm. in the game, right? That is going to allow us to put us in the best position possible to win, to win the basketball game. Sure. Um, and so that's helped me out a lot because again, like you talked about, like for me as a player, I wasn't, I was more, I'm more of a, on hand, like need to see it, need to go through it multiple times. Yeah. yeah, blue collar, like need to see it go through multiple times. And so that's how I have to, that's how I have to do mine. Um, so, so yeah. For sure. And the last one is uh, nutrition. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Um, I got really, um, my, my, my senior year, I was, or it was my junior year going into my senior year, I was one, I was, my junior was 197. And I remember we played Radford and Radford had this, had some big dudes, Ed Phillips or Ed Polite, um, Randy Phillips, like just huge. Right. And I remember I was like, look, <clears throat> I was like, I need like, <laughs> they, I think it was, I think it was, I think it was a rebound. And I remember like, I'm, I'm trying to box these dudes out. And I'm like, you know, I feel like little, I feel like little brown on uncle. I'm like, I'm trying to push him. <laughs> and I couldn't, and I was like, and I remember I was like, man, like this has to be important to me. Mm. Like, and it was, and Tristan was important, but like, I was never intentional. It's like, I want to get to this weight. I want to get sure. to whatever it was. So I remember that summer I started, I literally ate four, five times a day. Um, four eggs and four waffles every morning. Sure. Before my workout, I'd have a me uh, a snack, and then after my workout, I'd have a protein shake, and then after my protein shake, I'd have 
a, po- a meal from sure. somewhere when something so like I made sure that that was a huge huge thing for me and I ended up getting to 215 in a wow. summer wow. Um, and so I stressed to guys whatever that looks like um, whatever that looks like whether you need to lose some or gain some like this has to be about this this can't be an extrinsic thing um, ex- it has to be you inside sure. intrinsic sure. it has to be like from this person because if I'm just trying to constantly motivate you to do something like and you don't it's only going to work for so long exactly like it has to come from you and the, we, we have all the, the the resources necessary but if you don't want it you're not going to have it um, yeah. and so I think that's a big thing that we learned that I've learned from the the nutrition part was that Whatever you need to do, whether you need to lose it or you need to gain it, whatever it is, it has to come from you. Um, and and you have to utilize the, res- the resources around you to be able to get those results. Um, because a lot of times you don't know what to do. It's like, oh, shoot, what do I do? Like, you mm-hmm. know? So um, so I think that that was was a huge, huge, uh, that's a huge step in college basketball and in just, in just any anything. So. Sure. Uh, in closing, man, anything you want to tell the, the athletes, you know, looking high school athletes or just how to, you know, everybody wants to know, you know, how to get to the next level with this work mm-hmm. ethic or what have you. Give me two things that that's important when uh, colleges are recruiting a potential athlete. Yeah. I'd say a big thing is to be elite at what you're elite at. Um, cause what you're, as a, as you're recruiting, what you're looking for is like, you're trying to fit pieces in your mm. program, right? You're trying to like, make sure that like, all right, we need, we need a, a big, we need a, a big who has good footwork, good touch, whatever it is, a rebounding big. We need, uh, a, a shot blocking big something, right? Something where like, that is they're elite at whatever it is. And then whether it's a point guard, right? A point guard who has a, a really good assist to turn ratio, a leader, somebody who can, who can run the floor, who can run the team in the locker room, who, um, who who's reliable, who's trustworthy, who's going to be the coach on the floor, sure. right? Like, like a, whether it's a wing, an athletic wing, you're an athlete, you have intangibles of, of, you have crazy athleticism. So you utilize it in rebounding, you utilize it and run the floor, you utilize it in finishing, you utilize it in whatever it is, whether it's a, somebody who is a three-point shooter, right? It's like, that is your thing. You are right. in the game to hit threes or th- we value three and D guys, sure. right? A dude who's can shoot it and go and defend on the other end. Right. And so I think knowing your identity is huge. Mm-hmm. Like, and being elite at those, at that, at that is huge. So I say, again, it's knowing your identity and like being elite at it. Um, yeah. Cause if you don't know, and you kind of just like, you know, just, and if, again, if you're a bucket getter, you're a bucket getter, right? Let's, <laughs> That's, that's an identity, right? Like I just get buckets, like, <laughs> right. but like, you know, that, that that's a thing and everybody wants to get a bucket getter and this and that, but little do they know like that, like you just, we, we need it. We, you need to know exactly what you are. So you can do it on an every single day basis and they know what they're getting from you. For it's sure. not one of those things where it's like, Oh, like, you don't know, know like, do. right. yes, we don't know what they're going to, you know, like every day we, we know he's going to bring this Um, and we're expecting of it. Um, And so there's no surprises, no gimmicks. There's no, you know, so I think that's, that's huge. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, man. I appreciate your time today. You know, I know you got to get busy and do some other stuff, but I really appreciate your time and giving you wealth of knowledge. 
you know, to uh, student athletes, coaches, yes, and all the audience that are listening. So thanks again for your time. Yes, sir, brother. Thank you for having me on. Yes, sir. Well, you have a good day, man. We'll see you soon. Yes, sir. All right. So there it goes, guys. Another one in the books. We want to thank Jermaine for coming on and giving us his wealth of knowledge of how to be a student athlete um, from the D.C. area and his trials and tribulations of becoming a collegiate coach. Um, one thing that he really talked about was loyalty and um, being loyal to the people that pour into you. That's very important. And especially we talked about it earlier about young kids um, changing programs when they think the grass is green on the other side. Jamie drove home some good points why it's important to stay loyal. Don't forget to subscribe to our Triple Threat podcast on your favorite listening platform. We are live on Apple, Google, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. That's Triple Threat, spelled 3-R-I-P-L-E-3-H-R-E-A-T. Triple Threat Podcast. We'll be right back. What Jermel is doing with Today Foundation and the approach he's taking to help develop young athletes, first of all, getting them prepared from the academic standpoint, which, as you know as well as I do, Bobby, that's the most important element to try to get them to eat healthy, to be able to train properly, to get the proper education, and then hopefully for those who are talented enough to have a chance to move on to perhaps even get a free education by going off to college. But I love what Jermel is doing. It's a wonderful program. Hopefully more people in the community will get behind it and some of the businesses involved as well to help sponsor this program. Because these are the kind of things that every community needs, looking out for the best interest of the youth. The future of this country is in our youth. And everything that we can do to help prepare them better for that is absolutely wonderful. And, and I can't express adequately enough my admiration and respect for what Jermel is doing and hopefully he'll get a lot of help from a lot of people. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month.